Peace. This is Views from the Seven Podcast. Bonus. Peace, y'all. This is the Views Since Seven Podcast. This you guys spent some joining my homeboy, Skinny. Yeah, yeah. Ivan. What's good? Uh, shout out to Ant. Uh, he's on vacation this week. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> as always, you can follow the podcast pages on Twitter at Views from the Seven, on Instagram at Views from the Underscore Seven, and on Facebook at Views from the Seven. You can follow me on Twitter at Just Call Me Spence. That's J U S Call Me Spence. Fellas, where can they find y'all at? Y'all can catch me on Twitter and Instagram, Young Al Bundy, Y-U-N-G underscore Al underscore Bundy. Uh, you can also catch me on View 7 Network on YouTube. You can catch me on Instagram at SkinnyJr777 and YouTube code 7-K-O-D-E-S-E, number 7-E-N, and you know I'm on View 7 Network. All right, fellas. Uh, before we get into the shits, man, how y'all feeling? Uh, Rough, nigga. Had these kids. I'm good though. <laughs> I'm <laughs> feeling alright. I'm feeling alright, man. Uh, this might be a good day for me to talk about my emotions because last night was rough on a nigga a little bit. Was it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> last night was rough on a nigga. Man, man I, uh, I don't know, man. This man, this might be uh slightly uh triggering for me. Um, as you are, as you guys know, um, a couple episodes ago, uh, you know, Ivan and myself had a uh, woo. A very good uh, exchange. Exchange, yeah. And um, man, since then I just I, I've been in a, a a weird, a very very weird spot. Um, I think it was the first time in a very very long time that uh, I actually put myself out there to be a little bit more vulnerable. Um, it seems now uh, that I wanna or I'm attempting to. Talk a little more, speak up a little more about how I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, it puts me even in a, it puts me in a uh, even more lonelier spot. Um, because now everybody's taking my experiences so personal. Mm-hmm. You know, Everybody like who, like who? Just people in general. I think you was getting um, feedback. You said some people was texting you and stuff. So. The problems I have in my heart and my head are much more bigger than one person. Okay. So when I, it seems as as if when I'm speaking up now, uh, what I do say, uh, a sole individual takes 
it way more personal. Mm. Not just, you know, that could go for anybody right. that I'm talking to. They're taking it personal. Yeah. Instead of, this is what I'm going through. Yeah. This is not about you. Um, yeah, man, so yesterday, uh, man, we, you know, we went out and shit, you know what I'm saying? You finally got him a, uh, yeah. a steak that don't need no sauce on it, a real one. That motherfucker was delicious. Uh, <laughs> and it was also one of them days, man, where I was, I thought I was going to break down yesterday, man. Where y'all went? Uh, Herbs and rye. Herbs and rye. Yes, it's, it's, it's once in a, once every. Six. You was there for when we went to. We didn't we didn't stay though. We didn't hang out, but we went before though. Where is it? At? On Sahara it's Valley View. Oh. It's a once every seven month spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, man. But I, I the whole day, you know, from uh, the little get together we went to and all of that, man. I, it was just I've been depressed. Mm. I know what that feels like. Mm. Yeah. Um, this was something like totally fucking different, and I was telling wife yesterday, like, uh, you know, I've been even when my even when my uh my son passed away, I was I think I've always carried my emotions very well. Like you didn't know what I was going through yeah. unless I spoke on it. Yeah. Now it's getting like I can't hold shit. And it's like eating me up inside type shit. That's not necessarily a bad thing, though. Uh, 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 I ain't never been through it. Yeah. So I don't know. So, um, like you want to smack on the mic and shit? It's just once. I caught, <laughs> I caught, I caught myself too. So um, yeah. So yesterday, man, we just we you know we driving and shit. I'm like, man, Dante, please just don't break down. Please don't. Like I'm is holding. That, it. Is that where the tweet came from? Uh, yeah, okay. kind of, sort of. Um. Yeah, man, because that, that's kind of like where I'm at um, today. Um, I found myself reaching out to people um, randomly yesterday, like that I had, you know, history with, that know me some some kind of way. Reaching out for what? Just like somebody to talk to. Okay. You know what I mean? That kind of knows what I'm going through. Okay. Or what I, you know, some of what I'm going through. Okay. Right. So um, they can relate in some type of way. Um, and nobody hit me back. <laughs> that was a, It's a fucked up feeling. It's a fuck. And I was like, damn, you know what I mean? Like, even my pops. Like, nobody hit you like back I at hit, all. I hit pops up. I hit, a, I hit a few people up. And it was like, damn. Not even a, a talk to you later or I'm busy or nothing. Just dead That's silence. That would, that would fuck me up. So I was like. You know what I mean? You, yeah, that shit, that shit was hard. Cause I, I, it was something I've never done before. I never had to reach out to nobody. Just, I need to get some something off my chest. Yeah, some something, and I'm reaching out to people that um, are familiar with my situation, but are not as close to me, so it wouldn't be uh, what's the word? You wouldn't feel judged. I wouldn't feel judged and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be coming from a biased place. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like you only it's like you only saying is I need to I need the truth. I need you to talk to me in a way where you really don't give a fuck about what I'm going through, but you're giving me some real shit. So why okay, so 
if you're re- if you if you're reaching out, why would you reach out to people who had a personal connection to the situation? Why why not? Reach not out a to personal them? connection to the situation, but know something of me. Okay. Um. Yeah, man. Nobody. <laughs> and I was like, God damn, man, that shit that shit kind of fucked up, man. Shout out to pops and shit. Um. But you know, everybody, <laughs> everybody, you know, everybody has their 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 lives to live. You know. Absolutely. It really well, It wasn't a one of them things where I'm completely upset. You know. Yeah. Um. It's t- it's tough to get. To, it's tough to be so closed off all the time, and then get to a place where like I want to express myself now, and then nobody be available. Yeah. So, uh, I was talking to wifey yesterday, and um, we were. I was like, man, I gotta go back to go back to therapy, like for real. Yeah. Um. But therapy is such uh. That's an intimate relationship. Like that's not. When we speak of, uh, I see so many people speaking of therapy today, and they make it seem like it's just all fucking roses and, oh, I'm going just to talk about my problems and the world will be all right. No, it's not. It's not like that. Um, so, but I gotta go back. I have to. But it's just man, facing my own shit is tough, man. Do you, like when you go to therapy, is it still your job? No, so it's not. So you have a private therapy. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, okay, that's different too. So, I'm um. Yeah, that's 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 kind of that's kind of where I'm at, man. I uh, I gotta go back, but I just, you know, I don't want to face my own shit, and I think that's where me and you had the disconnection at when you were talking about healing. Yeah. Um, healing can be uh very traumatic. It's not nothing. Uh, that's fun no it's not fun at all you know so when we get when you get to that h word <laughs> it's a that's a that's a, a fucking journey and i just gave a little bit maybe 20 minutes we had a little back and forth just me being in a vulnerable position and it didn't fucked me up ever since i've been towed up damn i've man. been i've been towed up ever since so um Ivy, you want to give a little uh, backstory on our conversation before we get into it? Uh, well, um, we were kind of having a conversation. It was about, um, you know, uh, basically you you were saying that you relationship, you're, 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 like you 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 realized at a certain age that what you saw growing up wasn't healthy, wasn't health, wasn't these were these relationships weren't healthy. And but you were like you kind of were like okay I, I acknowledged it but like that's it and I'm kind of like nah like at some point you have to start healing from it like you know it's one thing to acknowledge it but it's a different thing to start healing from it yeah and it was kind of like you know you, it was like a pushback but like as somebody who's who who's has ugh, who's had to go through some healing I recognize it so I'm like nah I'm not I'm not gonna let him be in this comfortable space like this space is comfortable it's, it's comfortable just to say oh, I acknowledged it but it, it, healing healing sucks. I, for sure Healing Damn near hurts As much as What you're going through That puts you in that space mm. So it's 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 never gonna be fun Healing But it's necessary Okay uh, mm. Alright And uh We also had a, the, the The Protecting black women Yes Uh There was a lot In that conversation That uh We was We, we was butting heads on yeah. So um, you know, always. So I don't even think we got to 
the meat of the questions. Nope. I, I don't. I have no clue what the question <laughs> was that even started that conversation. <laughs> the essence of a black woman is what we. Yeah. What, and then it just went. It just went left. Yeah. All the way. Um. Did everybody even answer that question? No. Hell no, because we didn't even know what the fuck the essence was. So, um, so we didn't get. To, so we never got to the next. It was a. It was a layer. We never yeah. got to the next layer of the question. So, um, I, I'm in. I'm in this position, man. You know, when the four of us, you know, sit down here, uh, we're not trying to come off as, as know-it-alls, and um, no. we're not trying to to speak for uh, other people. Um, the goal of uh, this podcast in itself. Is to give you four real experiences from four men. Um, hopefully, you know you find something in that that you can relate to. Um, but this is therapy for us in some ways. Um, I've always been a, a student of um, you can't argue experiences. True. I'll never be able to. I'll never put you in a position where I got to tell you um, you you can't feel that way. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I'll argue opinions all day. Yeah. But I'll never argue experiences. I can't do that. True. Um, but what I can do is uh bring someone in that's uh more equipped on the situation. Mm. Um so we got a doctor. Um a good friend, a friend of the show. Uh uh Dr. Johnson, Deshana Event Johnson. Um, she is a licensed clinical psychologist mm. uh in the state of california um i know she holds mm. uh sex and uh intimacy um seminars mm. um she's licensed in, in trauma therapy i believe but uh shout out to this black woman man she out here working i'm going to let her um get her own shit off Cause I can't explain it like she do. <laughs> Wait, is um, she is she a psychologist or a psychiatrist? Psychologist. Okay. Mm. Uh so here we go. You gonna get yours in on the sneak, huh? I was waiting for the moment. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hey. So, be- before I called you, right? Uh huh. I was trying to give you like a juicy mouth. <laughs> I was trying to give you my sway, um, like an introduction, and I couldn't do it right. Okay. So I need you to tell the people everything you're doing because you do a lot. Uh Okay. Everything. Okay. Everything. Well, I'll, I'll just okay. Well, I, I can't tell you everything I do, but I will mm. tell you this. <laughs> so I am a licensed clinical psychologist in the state of California, and I specialize in couples, relationships, sex therapy, as well as a clinical trauma professional counselor. And so um, in addition to that, also a yoga instructor. Mm-hmm. With uh. all that, <laughs> with all that, I do um, seminars for individuals couples um girls night guys night um all over the world including in um nigeria ghana um south africa and um london and um i have been doing this work for quite a while i have a private practice in southern california where i see individuals and couples 
regarding um, intimacy issues, relationship issues, and um, that's pretty, you know, I was a professor. I mean, so like the list goes on and on, but um, that that basically sums it up of who I am and what I do. Okay, Queen, we see you. We see you. What was that? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even get that far. I think I got through the first nah, three. It was like, first, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna let her get her. I'm gonna let her get her shit off. I can't. I wouldn't even do that to that sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, I appreciate it. Thank so, you. Uh, let's get right into the to the to the meat of things. Um, so you listen back to uh, our episode where we were having a nice yeah. little um, whoo exchange. Yeah, an exchange. Okay, and, um, is that what you call it? <laughs> What what would you call it? It was intense. Mm. <laughs> it was intense, and it was a lot. You know, I did listen back to it. I listened to it, and there was a lot to unpack in that forty minute clip you sent me. Okay. Um, and so yeah, let's let. I'd love to dissect that. I did jot down a few things that I wanted to kind of touch on from okay. that oh. from that segment. Um, oh, we ready, ready. But it started off with the question of what is the essence of a black woman? Yep. That we and, never got to. <laughs> right. <laughs> but before you can even ask that question, my question was, are you talking about prior to or after white supremacy? Because oh, there's shit. a distinct difference. That, that Who was... we are today has been substantially changed um, by what we've gone through. And so not only are we different emotionally and psychologically, we're also different at a physical level. And that only that doesn't only apply to black women, that applies to black men too. That was kind of the layer of the of the question that that was a part of the question that we never got to was uh-huh. um what a woman is now and what she was. And, you know, how do we take it now? That was like a right. piece of it within that question that we never, right. we never made it to. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, so that's and also so a question we were trying to figure to, out. Well, I mean, you know, I, I heard some of the answers, um, like strong and resilient and those different, those different answers. And yes, that is what you know a black woman is um was before and today but but the lens is very different you know mm. when you're talking about like epigenetics okay. they, that that's science says words. that we can pass that's our science that's the science that says that we can pass down trauma for 14 generations mm. so if if we inherit our genes from our parents and theirs from their parents before them and if these genes are like mutated our inherited our inherited genes began to change and those changes will be expressed different based off environmental changes psychological issues um, family issues all of that and so when our ancestors went through a period of excessive stress like slavery this experience gets added to our 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 dna so you could think of it as a our DNA kind of wearing clothes. So it's this added layer of DNA that then gets passed down to our children. 
And so for generations and generations, this is what we call transgenerational transmission. So when we all come here, we're born into what I call the nuclear emotional system, our families of origin. Mm. And if the system is intense, we learn how to kind of navigate that system. On top of that is the societal system outside the family. And that brings us to the strong black woman. And so you have to ask the question of why and how she was created. And personally, I don't allow people to kind of put me in that box because that narrative was not only given to us, but it's actually killing us. Um, The strength is always tied to pain. Um, And so it makes us superhuman. And we can still see this today in different sectors that they don't believe we feel pain, which is why black women spend more time advocating for themselves when they're in emotional and physical pain than their counterparts. So when we go to doctors, we don't even get pain medication that's going to help our pain. We're given the lowest dose of pain medication. And that's not because of their concern for addiction, but that narrative that we don't feel pain. And all of that is tied to white supremacy. Mm. Jeez. The can, can you can you um, can you re- rewind just a minute? Um, you okay. said the strong black woman narrative are killing black women. Yes. Can you dive into that a little more? Yes. So I think it was Ivan who said that, um, you know, black women don't have the opportunity to not be strong. And that's true. But we also can't continue to be strong always because that strength that is associated to this um to the pain teaches people how to show up for us so a lot of times we get a lot put on our plate because we just keep doing it and doing it and doing it without ever asking for help in our communities asking for help is seen as a weakness and so this strong black woman which goes back to the plantation right um is then the narrative that was given to us and that we've maintained it and we don't rest. So when you think about it, black women have guilt that is actually tied to their rest. And while rest is productive because it allows our bodies to recalibrate, we feel guilty. And we go back to the epigenetics back into the field, right? When we're working in the field, Well, if you weren't working hard enough, then you were considered lazy. That, too, is another narrative that has impacted our community as well. So then black women take on all of this, doing everything all the time. And so we, we're not resting and relaxing. And so it's killing us. And we can look at our numbers with high blood pressure, diabetes, all of that, because we're not resting and um, recalibrating. Shit. Yeah, it's it's always tough because I I see these different conversations happening. Um, I, one that particularly interests me a lot is when uh, I see black women talk about healthcare and how when mm-hmm. they when they go to doctors, they aren't they don't feel like they're being seen or they're being heard. Um, when right. They, uh, doing different different levels of care during childbirth, things of this nature. So I, I always see these conversations happening, and I'm always interested in 
and it always makes me feel yeah. sad. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that like we we felt sad long enough. Now we got to do something. We got to heal together in our communities. Um, it's in the context of relationships that we're wounded, but it's also in the context of relationships that we heal. So if black women and black men began to do this together, then um, we're going to see a greater healing process. And I know, Spence, you don't really believe in healing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just adjusting, but you know that's we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I um I don't know if I don't believe in it. I just I don't think many accomplish it like we would like to believe we do. I think it's something that is uh, rare. I think we mm-hmm. do learn to we do learn to be uh, at peace with our situations. I do mm-hmm. feel like a lot of us, um, because everyone around here, especially in our community, is walking around with uh, uns- unspoken trauma, I would call it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think we just learn to adjust in society with this baggage that we have. But I do not think that many of us in our community have uh, quote unquote uh, healed. Not that I don't believe in it, but I just don't. Okay. Okay. So here, here's what I will say. Adjusting is not healing. Adjusting is adaptive, but healing is actually going in and doing something about it so that you have different outcomes. If we keep doing the same things over and over again, we're going to get the the same results and that's the definition of insanity right and so when we when we look at healing so if you go back to um our our first family right and we look at we all are born into circumstances whatever is going on in the family and things like that and generational stuff that has gone on in the family that we may not even know about you know, a lot of times we can come here with even pre-birth trauma. So whatever your mother was going through and whatever was going on in the family, you know, when she's stressed and cortisol is released in the system, the baby then absorbs that as well. So they may come mm. here with anxiety and depression as well. Mm. So and then and then if mom is mom or wh- whoever the caretakers are, are experiencing their own mental health issues, then that is too transmitted to the child in that environment. And so you're talking about a multi-generational and an intergenerational process that happens to every single one of us. Yes. And the healing process, you know, has to do with changing that. So all families have a a level of intensity in which they function. And I believe that in families of color, black families in particularly, we, um, we, we have a lot of fusion in, in our families. And that fusion means that we are, so, we are so close that we don't differentiate between who's an eye and who's a, you know, a, a separate eye from us. So we, we tend to feel like the family has to think the same, they have to feel the same, mm. all of that. We There's a quote that we all know, like, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? Well, yeah. that's not, that's, that, that's, that can be very problematic 
because if the child is having to carry carry the feelings of mom and feel responsible for her, then again, that too is then transmitted to the child and their children. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, so you you see, there's a lot that's going on in our families, and it's not ne- it's not necessary. I don't see it as pathological. I just see it as being as being human. Yeah. The healing part is learning how to change those patterns that we've experienced in our in our first families, because those patterns are the exact same patterns we take into our adult relationships. Mm. 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 And there's no way around it. Yeah. A lot of times people will say, well, I knew that, you know, this isn't the kind of family that I wanted when I grew up. But you don't have a blueprint that allows you to have the opposite of that. So what looks like you're doing the opposite turns out to end up being the same thing that your parents and your grandparents did. It's like your house. When you build a house, there's a blueprint. No matter how much you remodel it, the original blueprint stays the same. Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh. Does that make sense? <laughs> it makes sense. Perfect. Too sense. much. <laughs> it makes sense. Oh, so, God. So, so what you have to do is you have to, you have to learn how. So, so healing, going back to healing, is a lifelong process of fighting, fighting that original blueprint. Hmm. Shit. I feel, I feel but you will learn you will learn how to you will learn how to respond different in your relationships that doesn't keep the cycle going because all of us come out of our families of origin with a level of what they call differentiation um and we take that level of differentiation into our adult romantic relationships and we get with other people who are at the same level when you say level of, a di- of differentiation, what does that mean exactly? So, so differentiation is our ability to um, differentiate ourselves from another person. Okay. When we are, when we are, when we come here as infants, we don't know other exists. But okay. by the time you're a toddler and a teenager, you should know that I have, I'm an I, and, and mom is an I. But sometimes families don't allow us autonomy to become a full I. Sometimes even in our communities, we teach loyalty to a fault mm, that we have mm. to be loyal to. We have to be loyal to our families and our friends. And sometimes it's at the expense of ourselves. Mm. Oh, yeah. To me, that's not loyal. That's worship. Oh, you cook. You cook it. You, you, oh, you turn the hibachi okay. on. OK. <laughs> <laughs> you turn the hibachi on. I feel it. Jeez. So, so, so that's, you know, so that's where, <laughs> where we are when it comes to our families and changing that. If you can change the pattern of how you've interacted with your first family, because a lot of times we feel so engulfed by our families and, and the way that they, the way that they act, that we actually cut them off, move across the world and go start, start our own families. But the key is to actually change the, the patterns in which you learned it in the first family, which is going to benefit your romantic relationships later. So how does how does one go about achieving that? Like, you know, changing the patterns of how you interact with your first family? So, you know, y'all might be too young, but y'all, y'all have ever seen people play double dutch? Yes. 
right? And so when the ropes start turning and the person that's about to get ready to jump in, they kind of do this, like, thing with their hand, like they're about to jump in, right? Exactly. So that that's how that's how our our systems work in our families. So when think when intensity and anxiety begin to start, those ropes are turning. You got to choose not to jump in. Mm. Okay. Right? So you can't you can't respond and react the same way that you used to do. And and all it takes is one person to change for it for the cycle to actually change. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's very rare that I don't have much to. <laughs> so, um, I guess in 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 my experience, um, you know, you have uh, you and I have uh, talked a few times, and um, mm-hmm. you know, not only do I have uh, you know trauma in my personal life, um, I come from a family of it, mm-hmm. uh, big time. And mm-hmm. what I thought was uh, love or what I grew up to mm. think what love was, uh, was just chaos. And mm-hmm. I didn't start to recognize it until just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but... If I'm I'm able to recognize it, but it's still the makeup of who I am, and I think that's where the uh, the war within myself starts because I'm literally trying to fight against who I am, and at the same time, still jumping into those same old habits. Mm-hmm. And I think well, that. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, the the thing is, is that. Sometimes the person who has decided to start the healing process carries the burden of the trauma and the burden of the change. And so it can feel overwhelming and it's easy to um, get caught, caught up back into that double dutch where you're getting ready to jump back in because that's what that's what your body and your mind is physiologically used to i think it's important to understand that when we experience our families and trauma it's not just um a memory okay it is actually um encoded into our bodies at a cellular level so when we are triggered, we react. It is a natural part of who you are. There's a, there, there are two systems that you have in your body. You have an autonomic nervous system, which says you have a parasympathetic nervous system and a sympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is our fight, flight, or freeze. This is when you're in danger, you need to, to react. So if a lion was chasing you, your, your mind has to decide whether or not you have the ability to fight the lion and survive or flee from the lion and survive or freeze and survive, right? So that's our sympathetic mm. nervous system. When trauma happens, that sympathetic nervous system is often activated and never shuts off. So everything feels like a threat. Mm. Mm. 
So when you are in a relationship, anything that mimics something that you experienced in your past, mm. it can be it it can be triggering for you. I think somebody mentioned um, you know, getting out of circles so that you don't have this this excuse of continuing to say all men are this or all women are yeah. that, like you got to get out of those circles. But a lot of times we don't recognize that we're in those circles because we actually gravitate to what feels physiologically um, familiar to us. Mm. A lot of times people miss red flags for those same reasons because they're not red flags. It's what you grew up knowing. So there's, so there's comfort in chaos. It's not necessarily comfort, <laughs> but I will tell you, if you grow up in a chaotic family, um, what becomes triggering is, is, is um, when you're not chaotic. So, so peace and normalcy. In, 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 in... Exactly. Okay. Peace will be triggering. Mm-hmm. So is, is that... Because the nervous system is all, remember, the nervous system is always on alert. So do you feel do you in your in your personal experience do you feel like when people um that grow up in chaotic families or chaotic circles when they find a peaceful situation they'll they'll self sabotage a lot because Absolutely. this is unfam- this is unfamiliar territory to me let, let let me let me say let me say this I don't want to call it self sabotage because I don't think that they know what they what they're doing but what they are doing is responding to what their nervous system is used to so they will they will create chaos mm-hmm. un, unknowingly create chaos so that they feel at home uh it's a fact <laughs> it is a fact <laughs> yeah i i i think because i grew up in chaos um the 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 end goal um was always peace for me um but at times it feels like the enemy because mm-hmm. I do shut down. Uh, I do get defensive when I think things are too good. Mm-hmm. You know, and I almost look mm-hmm. at it. I almost look at uh, peace as uh, a plot. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. shit's so good right now. Somebody is plotting to do some bad shit. So right. I start to move in a way. Um, to where I'm creating my own chaos to get back mm-hmm. comfortable because all I know mm-hmm. is to fight. Mm-hmm. And that's not just on a physical mm-hmm. level. That's an emotional level. Absolutely. Damn. Yep. Mm. But that's all of us. Whether we want to admit it or not, that's all of us. Mm-mm-mm. And a lot. So, so here's here, here's what I will say. Again, all families vary in intensity and closeness, and the and the closer or fused you are, the more ability for emotions and anxiety to transfer from one person to the next quicker, right? But if I can if I can walk in my house and see that, you know, my uh, spouse or my kids are upset, I can check in with them without taking on their anxiety or emotions, right? That's actually 
the healthier way to go. But when we're fused, you get upset and then your partner ends up getting upset and then the whole the whole house is upset. Well, that's the problem because you don't know what belongs to you and what belongs to the other person. Mm. And so then we grow up and we get in relationships, right? And we either feel like our partner should be responsible for soothing us or we're responsible for soothing our partner. Uh-oh. That's a fact. Mm. I'll, I'll concede that. Uh-oh. I can, I'll concede that. I always feel like if, if, if I'm... If I'm emotionally invested into your happiness is my responsibility. I'll concede that. I, mm-hmm. I do not feel like that. That's a big one. Hell no. Yeah. I don't want that responsibility. Yeah, I don't feel like that. I, it, it's just I, it's just natural for me to feel that way. If if, if you're my partner, your mm-hmm. your happiness is my responsibility. I feel like you got to find your own happiness. I'm not. <laughs> it's not my job to find your happiness. Right. If you can't that, find it, you got to get away from me. That's actually a, a healthier way of um, engaging in relationships, Kenny. Yeah, because they, you know. I'm um, glad you know my voice. <laughs> um, because um, I think happiness is happiness is outer. Like, you get happiness out of uh, people, places, and things. And because people, mm-hmm. places, and things change so often, happiness can come and go. That has nothing to do with who mm-hmm. you are internally. And mm-hmm. I don't want to, I I can't have that responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 with Kenny. Like if you are codependent on me to provide you with this man happiness, I can't do it. It's the worst feeling in the mm-hmm. world. It's it's the hardest thing in the world to deal with somebody that's codependent on on you providing their happiness. I've dealt with it for years. That's the hardest thing ever. Cause you don't know what to do or how to like, how am I going to help you find your happiness? And then you're really depending on me to find it for you. Yeah. Like every move mm-hmm. I make depends on how happy you are. And that's, mm. that's hard. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not going to lie. The way you keep saying, mm-hmm, it makes me feel like you taking notes right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not taking notes. I'm listening. That, I'm taking it in. That's a, that's a classic therapist move. Like, oh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, keep talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> get ready for that. Uh, uh, get ready for that. That the sermon at the end of the session. <laughs> <laughs> um. So now we got we gonna we gonna get on you for a minute. So what's on your notepad? Yeah, I was just finna say the same thing. What, what we? Uh, <laughs> well, we've been talking about it. What's on my notepad? Um. Let me see. Um, oh, there were good at transitioning some things. We need to take notes from you. We <laughs> <laughs> able to go through your notepad that good. We we need to get on your level. You know, like it's you know, we actually have talked about a lot that's actually okay. on my notepad. But mm-hmm. I think what happens is we have multiple things that go on in our life, and we yeah. think that there are multiple explanations for it. Yeah. When in actuality, it's really about growing up. If we just look at relationships as an opportunity to grow up, we will stop um, putting expectations on relationships that ends up killing intimacy, killing sex, killing eroticism, killing all of that, um, and our ability to to connect. Um, So what's important 
is to know who you are at your core and learn that there's enough to work on self to not be focused on the next person. Mm. Mm. So, okay. So we, we've been talking about family and, um, uh-huh. uh, family and generational trauma healing. Um, I think the one thing, uh, that I've, uh, I would say the fact that I'm so emotionally unavailable and I, and I can't, I, I hate saying this as, as it's like a badge of honor. Um, but I know I, I've ruined, uh, a lot of relationships and not just intimate relationships. I ruined a lot of relationships because, um, I can oftentimes be so be very cold. Mm-hmm. Um, can you? I don't want to say necessarily give me tips, but um, where does it uh, derive from, and how can I I work on it? Um, because oftentimes I do. Uh, Emotionally, I'm always disconnected, mm-hmm. um, and it does. It's, it 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 sucks, uh, especially um, recently with what I've uh, gone through. It makes it almost feels like I'm already disconnected, but it makes saying goodbye that much easier. Like I I've mm-hmm. never been afraid of uh, losing someone. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about friendships, when we talk about relationships, I've just never been af- uh, afraid of it. I look at it like uh, our our season is over. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I've never particularly fought for a relationship. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of just be it is what it is. Uh, oftentimes to my detriment. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm trying to. I'm 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 really trying to to work on that. I feel like I've. Um, let or I've kicked uh, a lot of good people out of my life because um, I'm offering them nothing mm. on a on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. You know, I I know you know um, Dante can be uh, dependable. Uh, he's here if you need anything. He's here if you need him, but emotionally you on your own. And I deal with uh-huh. all relationships that way. Uh-huh. So how do I fix I fix that, or how can I start um, fixing it? And where does it come from? I know I, I like to say, well, it is the truth. I was born that way. Uh, my mom, my mother. Uh, my grandmother and my dad are just like that, are like that. Mm-hmm. So, how do I change that aspect of me? Because okay. I think that does more damage than anything. Right. So you you really answered your own question about where does it come from? Back and in again, your chair. give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> again, remember our families yeah. are our introduction to relationships. And that creates the blueprint for our relationships for when we become adults. This is going to be hard to hear. 
But emotionally unavailable people only get with emotionally unavailable people. Mm. It can look different. Oh, shit. But again, when you talk about the levels of differentiation, everybody gets with their level. The higher levels and lower levels don't make good relationships because they don't last, they don't last long. So it might look different. So when you get with your spouse or you get with someone who is also emotionally unavailable, they may look emotionally unavailable, uh, may look emotionally uh, available, but it underneath it all is really different. I'm getting, I'm going to give you an example. So I was doing a workshop with some couples yeah. and I would, we play this, um, this game where I pass out randomly three, there's 300 cards that has emotions and feelings on them with three additional synonyms of what those emotions and feelings mean. Okay. And so I randomly will give, um, each person nine cards. So I gave the male not ran randomly gave him nine cards and then gave her, you know, nine cards and went around the room. And so the, the goal was to look at these emotions, um, understand when you felt those emotions and then arrange the emotions in whatever order makes sense to you and then share that story with mm. your partner. So, Whoa. Because, and I do that for a couple reasons. A lot of times we are emotionally inept. We, we will only talk about being happy, sad, mad, glad. Those are the basic emotions. Yep. But we don't talk about disappointment. We don't talk like all the, we don't talk about fear. We don't talk about like all of those different things. And so remember these cards are randomly handed out. Yeah. And so this, this black woman said she didn't want to do it and i said well what you know what's going on and she said of all of nine cards eight of my husband's emotions are negative emotions and he does not feel this and so she spoke for him without even asking him what his experience was Mm -hmm. so when i asked him how he felt about it he actually said, I have a story to tell about all of these emotions and I do feel them. Mm, it's a fact. Yeah. So she came from a family of perfection. So things had to look a particular way. Mm. For him, he came from a family where emotions were not expressed. So you get them two together and both of them have hooked up because they are both emotionally unavailable. So emotional unavailability looks very can look different for different people. At the core of it, it is the same. Mm, mm, shit. Mm, right. Yes. So how do you move towards becoming emotionally available? Is really about learning how to trust self, learning who you are at your core. Being able to stand on your own two feet, not standing up for yourself, but holding on to yourself because standing up for yourself is temporary. You may be against abortion one day and you are uh, for it this day. Right. Those are those that's standing that's standing up for yourself. 
But holding on to yourself is who you are at your core, your values, your principles, those things that don't change, right? And being able to authentically show people who you are, whether they validate you or not. So when you mm. can do that, that's the sexiest thing you can do in any relationship is your ability to hold on to yourself and self-soothe yourself. Mm. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> I feel I feel good right now. I'm gonna tell you that shit right now. I feel good. <laughs> Why you feel good? Oh, he Mr. Healed over there. No, not not because I'm healed, but just like hearing hearing that these are things that you should. Because you know, I just I just feel good. So now you think you're sexy? No, I've been know I was sexy. I know I was sexy <laughs> if I walked in this motherfucker. <laughs> the thing is though is that you you have to you have to be clear on who you are. So that you're not validating bullshit too. Okay, you want to just take my happiness from me. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I eat it. I eat it. That's I cool. think I think within uh, within relationships, uh, and again, this is this is um, widespread. It's just not um, solely on uh, intimate relationships. Um, mm-hmm. I treat I treat every relationship like it's temporary. Um, yeah, and you probably you probably have a history. Well, let me ask you this: Do you have a history of cutoffs in your family? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, 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 I do. Like I treat, I treat, and I move in a way where um, I know um, I'll be in a safe place um, when this relationship is over. Um, so I treat them all kind of like on the same level. Um, so when you do, mm-hmm. um, so when you do, and a lot of that is me too, um, I, I'm responsible for a lot of, uh, temporary, uh, relationships. Um, mm-hmm. and I do feel like I, I sabotage a lot of relationships. So then when it, when it is temporary, when it is over, I would like, see, I was right this whole time. <laughs> it, it's it's mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it's very odd and i think um the that's that self-fulfilling prophecy mm. a bar that's a bar wow. right there wow. <laughs> that's fucked up she just hit me with that one i was going to say bar. something out of this she just hit me <laughs> that's a bar right there um and and then um i think uh the second one not I stand up. I can. I stand up for myself with the best of them. I have that within. Can you me. hold on to yourself? Can I hold on to myself? Is something totally different, especially now, right. because I am in this stage of uh, evolution. I don't have really? a. I don't have a philosophy at this point. I don't know who I am. I don't know how I feel. Uh, I don't. I, I really don't know anything right now. I'm trying to. Uh, to find that person. At the same time, I'm trying to unlearn all the the shit that I grew right. up learning. The the, the, right. the the things that it does hurt and it does suck that everything that I grew up learning was completely wrong. But it's who I well, am, and it's hard to fucking well, look in the mirror and say, "God damn, uh, this ain't it." 
Okay. I, I, I don't know if I would agree with you that everything is completely wrong. Sometimes we can focus on the things we want to change and see that as the the big picture versus seeing all of it in its totality. Mm. There are definitely some things that we bring away from our families um, that are positive. Um, and so I, I just don't believe that people come away from from their families with all negative negative uh, traits. They come a fam. There's there's a balance of it. Okay. And here here's what I, here's what I would say. I think it's most important not to pathologize it like as wrong, but see it as that is how we are as humans, and we can evolve and heal. I like to use the analogy of if we're going to Mammoth to go skiing, and I tell you, you know, prepare for um, a blizzard because you know that that's what they said is going to happen the way you prepare and you get dressed you're going to put on that morning we go skiing you're going to put on socks and and underwear and long johns and t-shirts and and shirts and jeans and you're going to layer up and you're going to put on your um ski attire that is um waterproof and jacket and beanie and scarf and goggles all of that is necessary for the environment you're going to be in. Now you take that same outfit in Vegas in the middle of August, and now what used to protect you is now detrimental to your survival. Deadly. Mm. So now you have to learn how to remove the layers. Not that it was wrong. Mm. It was. It's now a different environment. Mm. Mm. Oh, That's a hell of a breakdown. That's a hell of a breakdown. <laughs> See, I told y'all, dude, this, this is shit you just, you know, this is why I, I, you know, I tell, I tell people all the time, you know, um, because, uh, you know, mental health is, is huge right now. Um, mm-hmm. but therapy is not fun. It's not fun it's at all. Not. And it, it's, it's not, it's work. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. I don't think I, um. I don't think I stand up for myself, but I think I hold on to myself. Mm. Uh, okay. Like, I, I don't really too much stand up for myself. I even tell um, a lot of my female friends uh, the same thing. Like, you have to uh, stand stand on your – you got to stand on your own shit. Like, I stand on mm-hmm. my shit. So, yeah. if you don't like what you're dealing with, move on or move <laughs> around. And I it's to the to my friends, too, like, because this is who I am. And I'm not changing. I'm not changing. I'm, I'm holding on to the, who, who I am. And I'm not giving up on that. And then, so, let but me, when it comes to arguments, this, I don't stand Kenny. up. Go ahead. Are you who you want to be? I don't know. Ooh, that's a good I don't know. question right there. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't have an answer for you for that. I just, okay. I just know this is, I don't, I'm, I'm the man that my father raised, if that makes sense. So okay. I just hold on to what my father told me, what my father beliefs was, and I just, I stick to it. Okay. There's, there's, there's what I call living in integrity, and that's who we are today and who we want to be and closing that gap. And so if, if who I am today, the Jashana I am today, is not the Jashana that I want to be, and I'm moving towards that. But when I decide that, this is just what you're going to get. 
then now I'm living out of integrity. Mm-hmm. So when you when you say to the females that you deal with, like this is just who I am, I don't care about that. What I care about is is that is that are you happy with who you are, and is that who you want to be? Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if it's who I want to be, but I know I'm happy with it. <laughs> I can't say if I can't say yeah. if it's is who I want to be. It's a lot of things about me that I know I don't want. It's a lot of things about me that I know I'm working on that I know I'm trying to change. It's a lot of bad habits I try to not go back to. There you um, go. Because of you know I want to be here for my daughters, so it's a lot of stuff I don't go back to. So I can't say I'm where I want to be or who I want to be, but I uh-huh. can say that I'm I'm happy at who i am and who i'm becoming if i could clone you could and and make a husband for your daughter would you want that yes okay even with the bad habits yes okay well damn that's all (laughs) that's what matters (laughs) yeah i would i would i had that conversation all the time yeah I, I accept me for my daughters. Okay. Accept, okay. accept or want, or, but accepting and wanting are two different things, though. Correct. Nah. I, yeah, like I would, I would want me. I would want a man that's that's honest with my daughter. I would want a man that give my daughter, um, that loves my daughter unconditionally, that um, is willing to, you know, p- provide when he where he can. Uh, the only part of me I wouldn't want for my daughter is, like Spence said, I know that I emotionally I'm hard to come to. If you come to me with emotional problems, I I just feel like look, I don't I didn't go to school for that. I don't know how to fix that. Yeah. Like I I'm not okay. I'm not qualified for what you want in that. But everything else I I'm I'm for. Like everything else is mm-hmm. a man I'm for because I I am the type of man that. If you don't allow me to commit, I'm not committing to you. So I would hope that my mm-hmm. daughter choose a man that uh, that she's al- she allows to commit to her and to stand on the words that he mm-hmm. say. So if, if I tell you I want to be with you, uh, I want to love you, I only want to love you, and I, if I tell you these things, allow me to be the man that I'm telling you I want to be. If you just accepting mm-hmm. my bullshit from the jump, then take this bullshit to the end. Mm. Mm. And what would make you give them the bullshit if that's who you want to be? If that's not who you want to be? Because majority of the women that come to me are the women that I necessarily don't want them. They want me. So the women that I okay. the women that I want, I come at full force. Like like you who I want. If it mm-hmm. don't work out, then hey, it don't matter. I got plenty over here. But I would I, I'm I'm willing to drop everybody for you. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to drop everything and everybody for you to see you successful and to be a part of your success. Mm-hmm. So I would, yeah, I would want that for my daughter. I would not want mm-hmm. my daughter. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't want my daughter to be the the women that accept anything. But I would want my daughter to accept. Mm-hmm. I w- I would want a me for my daughter. If that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Nah, that that was too easy. It sounded like you got something on your mind. You don't want to say it. We we want the we want the truth on this one. We want the truth. Skinny, come lay on my couch. 
right. (laughs) (laughs) So let me see. There was something else that you guys talked about, um, about communication. Um, and I don't think communication is our problem. I think our ability to connect is our issue. Um, we're wired for connection the minute we get here, but trauma will rewire us for protection. And so that's where you mm. see like our walls going up. Yep. And, um, and, and our walls will stay up if we don't learn how to hold on to self. We typically will push that on our um, other people, like make this a safe environment so my walls can come down. But when you can hold on to yourself, you can bring your walls down even when other people don't validate you because that's who you are at your core. Mm. We tend to communicate with people based on our connection. Okay. I'm here. So if, if I, it's hard for me to disrespect you and truly love you. Mm. Mm. So then you have to, you have to, you have to uh, look at, am I really, am I really connected to this person that I say I am, or is this the connection that I've learned from my family? And we have a habit of not being really connected um, to each other emotionally um, and physically. Does that make sense? Uh, I'm trying to process what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, it's it's hard because you're not you you kind of not like seeing us, but we all like all trying to think um, about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Um, I'm trying to. I've been. T- it's dope to be on the show when this nigga ain't got no words. <laughs> um, I can. I've been accused. More than a few times of being um, a terrible communicator. Okay. Um, I am a free spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, I kind of just move. I move uh, when I get the, the feeling to move. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. communicate. When I'm ready to move, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, but as far as uh relationships go, um, I I I hate that I wasn't taught this uh earlier in my life. Um, um, but uh, damage control is one, and two. Sometimes I just don't know. I just don't have nothing to say. Like, mm. I don't think, um, and I can only, I can just, um, I'm just speaking on women right now because I am talking about intimate relationships right now. Um, a lot of women do not um, afford us the time uh, to process things. Mm-hmm. They want to talk right then and right there. 
And then when they mm-hmm. do get ultra disrespectful, they hate that we are sitting there in silence because we're not saying anything that'll ruin the relationship from then on out. So mm-hmm. I know if I say some things in anger, I'm going to make sure what I say hurt you. And even and, and if, where and where does that come from? You have to ask yourself where does that come from? Uh from things I've probably experienced in my childhood. Okay. Um Yeah. So then so then so then the the partner that you're with does not create the wound. The wound was already there and it's still open, but they're watering the wound. Or digging a knife so deeper in the, it. The, right. And so the key to it is really to calm yourself down and bring yourself back to the present. Yeah. And not allow your mind to hijack you and your body into the past. But within, with, with, in that time frame, we're not afforded the time to do so. It's almost like when you hold on to yourself, you are. Oh shit! <laughs> mm. <laughs> See, I gotta be holding on to myself, dude. <laughs> so, so when you hold on to yourself, that's where your boundaries come in. That those are things like you know, I'm willing to have because boundaries is always about self. Yes. So what happens is a lot of times we will try to. Um, say, don't talk to me, and you have no control over the other person, but you do have control over yourself. Yeah. So boundaries look like I'm willing to have this conversation when it feels respectful to me. Mm. See, I, I, I try to I try to do that, but that's hard but there's no, in the heat of the moment. That's standing up for yourself. Mm. That's standing up God for yourself. It. Holding on to yourself See, is setting the boundary and following through. Mm. Hey man, healing hurt. He said that healing hurt. Hey man, look, cause 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 what I do is I can I stand up for myself and I hold on to myself in those moments temporarily. Meaning, but holding on to yourself is not a temporary thing. I know, I know. I, I I'm just pre this conversation. Pre this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 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 what I'll do is I'll sit there and I'll be I'll sit there and I'll be silent and you know, um, again you say boundaries are about self and I won't allow myself to jump into a conversation that I feel can get too heated. You know, but mm-hmm. I'm taking in every. I'm, I'm still. I'm still taking in everything that that's being said, but what I'm doing is I'm I'm holding on to it. But the more you talk, it's like the more you're backing me into this corner. You're like backing me into this corner until it gets to a point to where I'm like, fuck. And then I say something, and then it turns into one of those temporary situations. Okay, so this is this my thing. Jesus Christ. Mm. <laughs> stinging me all episode. <laughs> so kids get back into corners. Adults don't. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. 
As an, as an adult. Ooh, you said it was sting. You ain't going to punch you. <laughs> oh, that grow up hit so, different so, when you don't just say grow up. What? Instead of just saying what? grow up. You motherfucking child, nigga. No, no, listen. Okay, what, I, listen. what I'm saying is that, what I'm saying is that, remember the trauma that you had as, as a child yes. and you fell back into a corner, right? And you felt like you didn't have any control over the situation, whatever the case may be. Well, the body remembers that. So when it feels like that as an adult and you begin to react in the same way that you wanted to react then as a child, it is, it is unhealthy in an immature way. So what you have to do is remember that you have control over yourself, separate your thoughts from your feelings, calm mm. yourself down, set a boundary, hold on to that, and then proceed. Mm. Preach, preacher. It's that, it sounds good. That is, the not, that is no, the, that's that real. is the that is the not jumping in when the double dutch ropes start turning. Yeah. Look, <laughs> look. No, I'm, I'm saying, like it's, it's like we're we're sitting here having a cool, calm, collective com- conversation. But in the heat of the moment, especially if your ego kick in and she say some shit that's really that sting. You kind of feel like I need my get back real quick. Nah, I'd be like, you you speaking out of emotions. Get out your emotions. Yeah, that let's, might let's be. talk outside okay. of your emotions. Yeah, no, but like, I got to get my shot back first. Like, no, we got to get even first. See, that's why I say I don't know how to stand up for myself. Yeah. I, I've, hold, I've <laughs> held on. For real, I've held on to years of not having a conversation because I know that you're not going to, like, the person not going to be able to have a conversation without their emotions attached. So I, I've held back years without having that conversation. I, and I say it within the conversation every time, like, you talking to me out of your emotions. Like, you're not thinking of this realistically. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking of this logically. You're just speaking out of your emotions. So e- your emotions is trying to find everything to hurt me. You're looking yeah. for everything you can say to hurt me. You're a bad dad or you're this or you're that and you're that. And I'm like, I know I'm not none of that. Yeah. So until you're ready to speak out of your – until you're ready to talk outside of your emotions, we can't have this conversation. Yeah. And I've withheld it years. Okay. So remember, remember when I talked about how the family unit is an emotional unit and the more fused you are, um, the, the anxiety and emotions can jump from one person to the next. Yeah. Yeah. So if they're in their emotional state and they're saying things to you, if you are fused, of course, you're going to feel that anxiety and that emotional state. You yes. have to understand what's yours and what's not. That's what holding on to yourself is. And so when you realize that 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 that's their emotions and they're entitled to it and they can hold on to it, you're not you're you don't feel disrespected. You don't feel you don't feel hurt. You don't feel that. Because mm-hmm. that's their stuff. Mm-hmm. You have to know where they begin and where you end and where you begin and where they end. There's there's differentiation. They are a separate eye from you. Do and so they're entitled to be in their emotions. Are you going to jump in and be as emotional as, as well? Or are you going yes. to sit back and allow yourself to be present and not be hijacked back to the past? I'm not jumping in. <laughs> I get hijacked like a motherfucker. I'm talking about Pastor 57 hijacked. <laughs> how, how, does, how does one, I mean, how does one, because now, I don't I don't I can have a, a, a argument or a disagreement 
Um, what mm-hmm. I can't do, especially now, is um, I think disrespect is like the end all be all with me now. Like mm-hmm. I can have, we can have disagreements. We can do the back and forth. Uh, a lot of it, you may be going back and forth with yourself because I just don't, I don't want to put myself and include myself in these conversations. But um, how how do how does one deal with disrespect in the heat of the moment without one interjecting themselves? I know you say this, you know, that's the, the, the jump rope. Uh, metaphor mm-hmm. but is that where the relationship ends like if it gets to this point to where now you're just being disrespectful that's when not only am i not going to include myself in this conversation but whatever relationship we have is is over Is it over or what can you learn from it? And again, then also setting a boundary around the disrespect. Like I won't participate in relationships that are disrespectful. Um, And then having a conversation, having a conversation about it and then rectifying it, Mm -hmm. like working through, working through that. Because remember you have your, your family has a history of cutoff. That's easy for you to do. So we're going to look for stuff to, to be able to just cut it off. You have, you have, you've already said you have no whims about losing a relationship. And then later after that, you realize often to your detriment. Yeah. I, I, I know I, I accuse myself of it as well, but on the flip side of that coin, I do, especially now I do appreciate, uh, the relationships I have in all aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the reason I am I, I, I am quiet or I don't say nothing is because, you know, one, like I said, damage control. And two, mm-hmm. at times I value the relationship uh, more than myself. And that's a problem to my detriment. I may stay quiet. Although I may have a lot to say because one, I don't want to say nothing to hurt you. And two, I don't want to lose this relationship. Mm-hmm. But then when the line, when, when a line is crossed, it's easy for me to say, all right, well, light my hands with that one. Mm-hmm. And then do it all over again. And mm. it, it seems like that's starting to become a revolving door uh, with Dante in relationships in all aspects. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well... We already we already said doing the same things over and over again, expecting different results. Yeah, Insanity. you have to decide that that's not that's not what you want to do anymore. Yeah, and you're you're the one who are in control of how you respond to to people. The key is to learn how to not 
be reactive. All animals, all animals um, have a, share a, a special part of the brain. It's called our reptilian brain, and we have it too. That's our reactive part of our brain. But we also have the mammalian part of our brain that allows us to function at a high, higher level. So if we're always react, reactive, at what point do we decide to use the other part of our brain that says, I can think and respond without having to be a reptile and um, be so reactive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I guess I'm trying to find a healthy medium, like, <laughs> like with like what like, like with me. Find, what like, if you just find a healthy way? Don't don't settle for the healthy medium. No, no, I'm talking. Go. <laughs> in ter- in terms of relationships, it, it either mm-hmm. with, with me, and I, I'm I'm just reflecting on on the relationships I've had over the over the course of of my life. Um, in all mm-hmm. in, in all aspects, I'm not not just not just uh, intimate. They either mm-hmm. have to be very very good, or they're always very very bad on the verge of just being. It's a wrap. I'm. It's never like. All right, man. We could you know, talk this shit out and we go about our business and we back tight mm-hmm. again. It's either always good or on the verge of being over. Never in the middle, mm-hmm. and that's. I don't know. That's the medium you want. It's the middle. Yeah, like I, I, I suck at like well, I suck at good? working out relationships. Um. Well, are you looking at the relationship as a as a mirror for areas um, to kind of grow up in? Because remember, relationships is about like uh, about growing up. It's a classroom, and the curriculum is you. Hmm. So what do you need to learn about yourself in relationships that's going to make a better you without running and cutting off? That's a good question. Because that's easy to do. <laughs> that's a good question. I don't really have the answer to. Uh, yeah, that, I don't know. That's a good question. Very good question. Yeah, we're going to have to. Uh, next session, we'll have to. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. I mean, because I don't, I, don't, I don't use people. Um, I, uh, I don't look for people to fill voids of mine. Um, you don't? No. Mm. You, like you, might, you, you sound like you disagree. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think that's the okay. worst type. I think that's the worst type of. of See, that's of, the same on Casey Gay Skinny. <laughs> I think that's the worst type of of friend. Like, why can't I just be like a genuine friend of yours? Like people, uh, you know, we have we was having this conversation. I think a couple of weeks ago. Like people look at like friendships as if it's speed dating or something. Like, I'm not here to feel no empty void of yours and I don't want you to do the same for me or am I is that the wrong type of thinking well I don't know if it's the wrong type of thinking what I will say is that we're wired for connection but remember trauma will rewire us for protection it doesn't it doesn't 
mean that we're we don't want to connect we just connect from a different place and so oftentimes that comes from those voids mm. and we end up connecting with people to get that I don't necessarily think that it's wrong. I think it is a way of getting our needs met. Mm. Mm. But if if I'm if I'm uh, if I'm if I'm looking for friendships to feel some type of uh, need I have. Isn't that. Oh, doesn't that open the door for agendas? Open the door for what? Agendas. Well, I guess it's how you. I guess it's how you look at. It. I surround myself with people in the business who are doing better than I am, um, and part of that has to do with being able to get my needs met in the business world. I don't think that we're different in an emotional friendship and romantic ways either. Um, it's, it's, a, it's about growing up. If we, look, if we utilize our relationships to become a better person, um, whether that's an agenda or not, all parties win. Mm. So if if a person is using you to become a better person, what do they get out of it? Relationships are reciprocal. Okay, so so healthy because relationships. Say, so so let me so let me say this, Ivan. If if you use me to become a better person, if you are a better person, I'm gonna benefit from it. How so? Because you're a better person. Well, I'm, so what does that do for you though? Is it does it, is it a um? Is it an ego because thing? I'm like because experience a di- I'm going to experience a different kind of relationship with you. Okay, I accept that. Like I, I, my concern is when you say that, when hearing it, like the the the, the trade off doesn't become you get to say I made Ivan a better person. Like it's not, it becomes an ego trip for you. You know that's immaturity. Uh, I, uh, it, ha- it happens. It happens though. These like gut punches she throwing. I completely agree that it happens. That doesn't make it that doesn't make it mature. It's still immaturity. When it happens, you know, I, I made you a better person for the next one. Okay, no. Like you're not that powerful. Sometimes people want to play God. Mm, mm. Oh, I'm with it. I'm just in the in the culture Uppercut. of the in, in, in the in was the culture. Was she hit me with self fulfilling prophecy? <laughs> yeah, she did. God. That shit was hilarious. No, I'm in the in the culture of the Beyonce. Let me upgrade in the Beyonce. Let me upgrade you culture. Like people people want to take pride. People take pride in saying, you know, I was this person was this when I met them, and then they became this in the process. Here come the Tom Lee kids. So that's 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 the problem with trying to blame partners for the issues and relationships, because like I said, we come in relationships at the same level. So if you upgraded, if you upgraded me, then I've upgraded you too. Mm. Okay. (laughs) But there's so much, there's so much self work that has to happen. You can, you Mm. can't upgrade another person if you haven't upgraded yourself. Uh. Mm. Okay. 
I need all the sound and effects right now. And we can keep right listening to all these songs we want to. At the end of the day, they go home and deal with the same issues we're dealing with. Absolutely, they do. Absolutely. Mm. Okay. I just when you when I heard you say that, that's that's what in my mind. That's where it went to. Like, okay, she's saying that. But what, what's the trade off for her? Other than just saying, I made this person became a better person. I get a better relationship from this person. Like, so there, there, there are two parts of us, right? There's the best in us, and then there's the worst in us. The best in me says, I don't care that Ivan used me if he became a better person because I want Ivan to be a better person. Yes. Mm. The worst in me says, I want Ivan to be a better person because I benefit from it, and he better not go anywhere else. And that goes to a lot of relationships too, because a lot of relationships. you have a lot of people that, when the relationship is over, they like, "I did this for you, I did that for you." That goes to a Thanks lot. Face them and keep going. Yeah, that goes to. I mean, friendships, relationships. It goes to Absolutely. everything where people try to take credit for your worth, or and uh, not even just not even just take credit, but people say, "Okay, well." I, you know, you became a better person, so I don't want somebody else to benefit from the better person that I helped you become. Yeah, that's what's that movie? Uh, a criminal? Who? But it's a criminal. But does this not? But does this not say that? So, Ivan, can I make you grow up, or do you have to make a conscious effort to do that? You definitely have to make a conscious effort to do that. Okay, so am I responsible for your growth? No, but you you can be my you can be my muse, my my motivation. Right, I might be your motivation, but who, who? It takes you to do the work. Absolutely. So I don't understand why someone would take credit. Now I, I I'm not necessarily saying take credit, but like, um, say because because you became a better person. Like I don't I don't want this relationship to end now because somebody else shouldn't benefit from my hard work. That's immature and selfish. I get it. Hmm. Yeah. You know, relationships are, uh, we have them for reasons and seasons, and some are a lifetime, and you have to, you have to know which ones are which, and keep going. Mm. Yes, ma'am. Well. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Talking about Since you're quiet. Look, look, I, I, I'm, there's... <sighs> It's not too often that I just I I don't I don't have any, I I'm forced to face my shit, you know. I super appreciate these convers this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think we all have to. I um, I think now, like I said, I'm just I'm at this point in my life where um. I want to be better, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I was telling the fellas earlier, like, I, I, at least I thought I was, uh, I used to be amazing at, like, holding on to my emotions. Um, mm. Like, people, it was rare that people, um, not only did I not tell people how I was feeling, but it was rare that people even knew if I was, going through anything Uh now it is extremely hard like i can't hold on to shit Uh and i feel like uh i don't know like i'm breaking down from like the inside out 
you know? And mm-hmm. I, part of the reason, um, I don't know, it, it was something about um, opening up just a little bit, you know, when me and Ivan was, was having our back and forth. And uh, I don't know if it was like vulnerability. Uh, I don't know what it was, but I have just been messed up ever since. And mm. and it has me. It, it also has me ultra focused on not trying to um, go back to the the only thing I know, and that's to just shove all that shit back inside, and and mm-hmm. I don't know, and close it back up. I'm trying to find ways to um, work on the things that I'm going through uh, without shoving it back inside of me because I know it's so unhealthy. But now yeah. I'm yeah. scrambling because I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. Mhm. Mhm. Fucked up you're out also here. fighting you're also fighting against um the societal emotional transmission that is on men and then particularly black men because we associate emotions and feelings with women. And not mm. with men. Mm. And so men are socialized um, to not show emotions, feel feelings, all of that. And we even we even start them off when they're young. We tell you know, we tell our sons, Don't don't cry like a girl, you know, things like that. You know, man up. And exactly yeah. what mm. does that mean? Right? And so the, again, that's this thing that you might be experiencing something, but you don't get to actually experience it. Um, one of the things one of the things I tell parents all the time is that when a child falls and they hurt themselves and we tell them, Don't cry, you're okay. What you just have taught that child is how to um not trust themselves. So they feel something, they're hurt, but you're telling them who they trust, you're telling them that they're not hurt and they're and they're okay. So that mm. sets the seed for them learning not to trust themselves. And on top of not being able to show emotions, and now here you are um, in your 30s, and now you can't control it. Well, you're full of everything that you've been stuffing down. Yeah. And it needs to come out. Mm. Mm. Damn. <sighs> Talk about... <laughs> it's a it's, it's a it's a process for sure. It's a it's a it's a lifelong thing. I um I I equate it to how uh, when I hear people talk about addiction and they talk about um I'm so many, I'm I'm X amount of days sober. You know I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm a hundred days sober. I'm two hundred days sober. I'm you know five hundred days sober. Like so every day they have to they have to wake up and make a conscious decision to be sober mm-hmm. t- t- or to fight these addictions or I'm addiction free. Whatever it is that you're fighting. So I I, I kind of equate healing to the same thing. Like every day you have to get up and make a a, a conscious effort, a conscious decision to be better. Mhm. Absolutely. And even in addiction, that too is an attempt to soothe the nervous system. Yes. So we have all kinds of ways that we're trying to um, soothe what we've experienced and the trauma that we've gone through. And so addiction might be one, uh, you know, sex might be one, um, you know, shutting down might be one. 
And all of these things gets lodged in the body, which is why if you go get a massage, right? You go get a massage and, and the masseuse is working on the knots in your back. Mm. Um, the first thing that they do is they tell you to go drink water. And that's because they've broken the knots down and released those toxins back into the bloodstream. Mm. And so when you're, when you're going to therapy, right, you, you are getting a psychological and an emotional massage and you have to be able to eliminate some of the things that you um, have processed in therapy and it doesn't always feel good. If you, if you don't drink water after having a massage, you get a headache. There's a physiological aspect of releasing toxins. And that's the same thing even with therapy. So, Spence, when you're talking about, like, after, you know, being so vulnerable, after years and years and years of not, that you've been hyper-focused on that, yeah, you're having a physiological response to what you let out the toxins have been released back into your bloodstream. So so in in that exa- in that example you just used, what would be the the drinking water emotionally? Um having support, um having support, having spaces where like you guys are doing, you providing education and and um talk to our communities and um getting rid of the taboos of of therapy and, and being okay with it and learning how to hold on to ourselves and learning how to soothe ourselves, deep breathing, like all of those things happen. Because remember, the trauma is at a cellular level. So we have to do something with the body, too. We can't just talk about it. If if, if Spence came and sat on my couch and we talked about the knots in his back for an hour, and then next week he came back and we talked about the knots in his back for an hour, we really haven't done everything that we can do. So you're going to have to learn some deep breathing, how to calm yourself down, mm. how to calm your nervous system down so that you can respond to situations versus being reactive. I, I um I saw you I saw you uh well I, li- I listened to you say you were a yoga instructor. Um Yes. Does meditating help with that as far as um centering yes. your emotions? Mhm. Cuz I I I find for myself I have a hard time calming my mind. Like I can't turn my mind off for nothing. So as long as you are alive, you cannot you cannot turn your mind off. So there's a difference between meditating um, and trying to turn our minds off. Meditating is simply being um, and practicing mindfulness is, are different. So meditating is really being aware of what's going on for you, being aware of your thoughts, not really having judgment about your thoughts, but then also bringing your attention back to where you are being present. And so if you find yourself having a hard time, um, you might want to start with like a guided me- meditation um, that kind of do, does like body scans that kind of help you. Um, you can do uh, progressive muscle relaxation where you're tensing your body up all the way you know, from your head to your toes and releasing um, each uh, body part at a time. Those are also helpful, and it also triggers your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your your system where you can rest and recalibrate. Okay, uh, a bunch of you turned wheel and use in Northtown. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you were talking to you you brought up support, and I think right mm-hmm. now, um, 
that's what I'm struggling with the most, and I, I and maybe um, a lot of people are struggling with this uh, Dante they haven't experienced. So mm-hmm. I'm starting to talk more, speak out a little more, right? Especially when um, I'm feeling a certain way, mm-hmm. uh, and not just with a particular person, with just life itself. I think the problem mm-hmm. that I'm running into now is everybody is taking what I'm going through so personal. Mm-hmm. So if I could be, if I could tell you, if I'm talking to you, you no, know, we having like a little mini therapy session right now, right? And I'm telling you mm-hmm. how I'm feeling and, and, and this is what I'm going on. And instead of you listening, you're like getting defeated offensive as if it's about you mm-hmm. and now everything that i'm saying or i'm trying to say you're taking personal and mm-hmm. now it goes from this is how um dante is feeling um how can i help him to now this is an argument mm-hmm. and i'm really mm-hmm. really it's, it's a struggle right now Mm-hmm. On all aspects. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the fusion. So if we learned fusion in our first family, we'll, we'll be fused in other relationships. And we fused out an attempt to really make a, a, a whole self by merging these two emotional selves, whether that's with people in your romantic relationship, your friends, your coworkers, things like that. And... The reason why they take it personally is because you're in relationships that the emotional selves are fused and it can jump for the the feelings and emotions and the anxiety can jump from you to the next person. The the key is to change the dynamics by um, just asking them to listen um, because you have already the relationship that you have, you have already set up the dynamics in which your relationship functions. And so when you try to change that, they're not used to that. And so they will, they will um, try harder, right? Up the ante to um, get you to be the person you were before so that the dynamics remain the same. Mm. God damn. Well, Mm. Sounds about right. The key is to hold on to yourself, right, and continue to to be able to um, respond in the new way. And eventually, the dynamics begin to change. When he when he's saying he's like he's entering a new space, he's he's evolving. How easy is it for him to when he's approaching these people and trying to have this new relationship with them and trying to communicate in a different way? How easy is it for people to say? You know, when when they're fighting back against this new Dante, for him to slip back and say, "Okay, well, people aren't responding to the new Dante, so I'm going to go back to the old Dante." Well, that's what ha- that's what happens when you, when you're dealing with someone um, who has an addiction. So the person who has an addiction will impact ultimately impacts the entire family, right? So their addiction just doesn't impact them; it impacts the whole family. But when they get clean and sober. Now, the role that you once had of, I don't know, hiding your purse or 
um, you know, um, being, watching out for them or whatever the case may be, you no longer have that role. And you almost unconsciously create that chaos, which then has the person with the addiction then go back to what they know. And now my role, I can take care of you again because you're addicted. Mm. So, oh, <laughs> so, and, and, and we really don't want, we really don't want the person who is um, dealing with the addiction to go back to it, but unconsciously we kind of push them back to that, that way of being and coping because we now recreate that environment that the addiction was necessary for in the in the in the beginning. So 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 for those purposes, those people that he's reaching out to that he wants to have these changing relationships with, they need to hear this conversation as much as he's needing to have it. So they can understand that he's trying to become he's trying to enter a different emotional space. Is am I correct by saying that? Yes, I think it's uh, again, we heal better in communities. So if we're all healing together, we're going to have greater results. Um, yes, they, they do probably need to, to hear the conversation. The other thing is set, setting clear boundaries. Like, you know, I know that we've engaged in our relationship in this particular way, but I'm really working on my healing and I can't do this anymore. Like I cannot do the relationship the way we were doing it. Mm. And they're not going to validate you, which is why it's important for you then to know how to self-validate and self-soothe. So what, like, because sometimes you might feel alone. So, so if do I? Yeah. So, so if he if he runs into that, then what do you do with those relationships? If you if you're gonna hold on to yourself and they're not willing to adapt to the new, then what do you do? How do you how do you navigate those? You situations? still stay. You still stay connected without changing. Going back to the the to the old you. Okay. You don't cut off. You still stay emotionally connected to those people, but you just don't interact the way that you used to. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <I'm t> <laughs> <laughs> it's tough, man. It, Brothers are going to cut their ass off. Man. <laughs> well, I'm trying, man. It's um Cutting someone off, is it seems easier, but... But emotionally, you're still connected to them, mm. and it's going to follow you in your other relationships. How so? Because if we get in the habit of cutting off, we also, like I think Spence said in the beginning, um, you know, I just didn't, I didn't care if um, if I lost a relationship. That's a mindset, yes. and so if we keep practicing that, then we're not doing the work. Mm. Yeah. Oh, hey man, you listening over there? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know. The question is, is all of us listening to it? Yeah, I, 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 I be on. reflecting, and, and it does now. I, I'll take careful. Um, I've been, I've started taking careful consideration into in, how I handle um, my relationships. Uh, mm-hmm. Cutting off isn't easy for me anymore. Mm -hmm. It's not. Um, it's actually bothering me more than it ever has. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Ooh. 
This, this was this was one. So of the, the key ones. is to work through that intensity, instead, you know, like, yeah. um, and so it's new for you because if cutting off was your old pattern, um, the intensity is going to feel um, more it, at a higher um, level. Yeah. I was so telling the, the key is to soothe yourself. I was telling the uh, the fellas um, earlier before um, you know we brought you on because I went in. I didn't rant, but I was, you know, giving insight into how I was feeling. And yesterday, um, I honestly felt like for the first time, I've been depressed a few times, Mm -hmm. right? And it's so hard to get out of. Um, Mm -hmm. But I never felt how I felt yesterday. And yesterday I felt Mm -hmm. like I was going to have a nervous breakdown. Like everything was Mm -hmm. like just pouring out of me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had never felt it before. And I didn't mm-hmm. know um, where it came from. And I kind of slipped yesterday. You know, um, I was feeling I was feeling so many different things. All these emotions, all of these feelings, all of these experiences are like pouring out of me. And I didn't know how to communicate it. So, um, you know, uh, you know, wife and I went out, we went out yesterday, but before we went out, I kind of like blew up mm. because I did not know how to express this, how I was feeling and I was trying to close myself up because mm-hmm. I didn't want, I just felt like I was going to explode yesterday and not like in a, uh, a physical, like, mean way. I'm talking about, like, a full-fledged just breakdown, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know where I'm at right now. I don't. I'm in a very, very weird spot, space. Okay. Um, And that's okay. Make sure that you have support around you um, that can hear you without trying to um, what people tend to think fix you or have the answers for you. Um, allow, be around people who allow that space for you. Okay. To feel it and not know what you're feeling Please. without people taking it personally. Please don't take it personally. <laughs> uh-oh. Shit, man. This was a good one. I've had enough soul searching. <laughs> I'm fucked up inside. <laughs> I ain't even gonna lie. I know. I know we've been laughing like throughout the episode, but it's been like a. It's it's been like an awkward laugh. Like it. I think you know. Again, I'm I'm here for the mental health discussions. I'm here um, mm-hmm. for people saying you know they need to go to therapy, which is a hundred percent true. But I also mm-hmm. need. It, it is also important for people to know and understand that this is not to play with therapy is not fun like you said it takes work it's very very intimate to me therapy uh, or your relationship with your therapist is an intimate one it is very intimate because a lot of times you're sharing parts of who you are that you've never shared with anyone else and it, it, it it's not fun and um, and maybe 
again, we go back to healing. Maybe, you know, we've done such a great job at, uh, uh, what's the word? What's the word when you like, you beauty something up? I'm, I'm, we've done a very good do- job at gentrifying the word healing. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, we've made it look like the end. Go- the end. The end goal is beautiful. Yes, but the process mm-hmm. is ugly, nasty. It's ugly. Um, and I don't. I mean. Again, I, I don't know, you know, when me and you was going back and forth, I don't know if right now I'm in the process of healing. Um It sounds like it's just this is I'm a acknowledging what's uh what has happened and what I've been what things I'm going through, what I've been through. But I I don't know if I've I'm even begin to touch the process of, of healing. And we had the he was saying um, you said I was at M right now. How so? I said I, think- I said you were at M. Well, you know what? I was I was talking about because cuz Ivan was trying to tell you that um you can you have to go you, you can't you were saying you can't go from A to Z. Yeah. And Ivan said, but you can go from A to M and breaking it down to even smaller pieces. You were like, but you, and Ivan said, you have to go from A to B to C to D. Yeah. And you said, I'm not even at A. I'm at A minus right now. And he said, but then when you get to B, then you can go to C. And I was just saying that you're not at the place you were. So mm. that's progress in itself. I tell people all the time, even if you take two steps forward and one step back, you're always one step ahead. Mm. Mm. All right. So you're not at the place that you were, which means that you are now at the next step. That's not A anymore. Whether it's M or B or C or O, you're not at A anymore. And you have to be, you have to acknowledge that. You also have to change the narrative around who you believe you are and who you've been told you are and understand that you deserve healing as well. I heard a lot of resistance to that in your in your talk with Ivan. There was a lot of passion, but I heard the pain underneath it too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Ooh. All right. That's enough for me today. We appreciate <laughs> it. I can't do, I can't do I can't do no more. Uh this is probably as close as y'all gonna get to like a real, real therapy session until you go for yourselves. Um, I have a real love hate relationship with it. I'll go um, until I, I'm forced to dig. Mm-hmm. Then that's when I'll kind of pull out. Mm-hmm. But this time I'm gonna go back, and I'm 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 really gonna. Because yeah. I got to. I, I think have to. everybody should have a therapist. You know, in our community, uh, therapy is so taboo, and getting healing outside of the church is so taboo. But I'll mm. say, you know, yeah. for those of you who believe, like prayer, prayer is the weapon, but therapy is the strategy, and so we have to we have to utilize that to go to war on this trauma. Mm. 
Mm. Fellas, y'all, uh, y'all got any uh, closing remarks? Not for me. Um, I, well, first of all, first and foremost, I appreciate you for coming on here. You dropped a bunch of gems. Um, I, I know there are people that listen to us that are going to take a lot from what you had to say. Like, you, you, it was a lot. Um, thank you. Thank you. It's been an honor to, to be on the on the call with you guys. It's, it's been an honor to have you. I think more more so than anything, I, I, I'm, I leaving this, I'm leaving this conversation sad. Mm? I'm leaving this conversation sad, not for me, but for Spence. Like, when we first started this conversation, when you talked about reaching out to people and not getting a response, that made me sad. And I, it's, it sat on my heart, this whole conversation. Mm. Mm. Um, It wasn't, I think, a who we See, that y'all got me in my feelings. He pulled you right back uh, in. Yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> it was, I wanted to, the people I reached, I reached out to were the people I felt like, I just I really want to have a genuine conversation with yeah. about how I was feeling. So when I reached out to my pops, it, it was for um, a genuine reason, yeah. you know, because I know my pops is going through his own battles right now. Yeah. So it was I wanted to have a real, real heart to heart with with pops. So it ain't had nothing to do with you in general. No, no, no. You would have been, you know, you would have been the first person, one of the not, first. No, people no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying I take it personally. Like. I'm saying because I know what it's like to be in that space where, all right, like I, f- I finally feel emotionally of secure enough to have this conversation with somebody. Like I, I, I want to reach out and I want, and 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 not feeling like anybody is available to you. Like I, I know that place and it, yeah. it sucks and it, it, it makes my heart hurt for you. Like I don't want. <laughs> no, we ain't gonna do this. This is doing good. <laughs> I think we need more um, more spaces for men, especially black men, to be able to explore that and working through. There's no such thing as getting over anything. Yeah. It's definitely a working through process. Yeah. And to and to say get over it is dismissive and hurtful. Yeah. Uh, well, for me. I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate uh, this was more than I expected. Um, I didn't know going into this what this would be, since I'm like the mm-hmm. I don't want a therapist type of dude. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> why is they making me come on this show? Um, <laughs> but I appreciate uh, the words you said to everyone. Um, the uh, kind of bringing stuff to light, uh, things that we. Mm-hmm just pass up like things that we try not to bring up kind of like making mm-hmm. it making bringing it to light to say like this this is probably the problem uh so i appreciate mm-hmm. you the conversation um this is a dope episode for me <laughs> thank you thank <laughs> you i will i will say this you know a lot of times um we tend to think that therapists are older white people and there's some dope black therapists out there. So it's important. And if you're looking for, if you're looking for therapists who can be culturally competent, um, there are a few different websites. If y'all don't mind, I can give those out. And that's that's therapy for black girls.com. And that means men and women can go on there and find a black therapist. So, and then there's therapyforblackmen.com, and then there's melanatedmentalhealth.com. 
and you can find a therapist of color in your area um, to provide therapy for you. But everybody should have a therapist. Even therapists have therapists. That's dope. So I think it's really important to speak to your your own. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. I think in closing, I I I really want to uh, thank you, um, not just for today, uh, but all the um, life lessons uh, you've given me uh, over the course of our uh, our friendship. Um, I've always held you at a high regard, a very very high regard, and uh, you've sincerely helped me uh, in in this this journey of mine. Even when I'm ultra, ultra uh, combative, uh, <laughs> you? when I don't want to listen, uh, because it sucks when you have to face your own um, uh, your own fuck ups, uh, mm-hmm. your own fears. Um, so for that, I I I, I truly thank you. Um, I'm starting to. Um, I like this little tribe thing uh, where I, I, I feel like um, I can go to certain people. Um, mm. And hear exactly Boy. what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, thank you. You're welcome. And I want to say the light in me sees the light in you. Uh, so... <laughs> um, where can um people find you at? Cause I'm pretty sure after they hear this, uh, people are gonna wonder uh how can they uh contact you and how can okay they follow you so and all that I, good stuff. <laughs> My website is www.theintimacyseminars.com, and I am on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At the intimacy seminar. Okay. Uh, Ivan, you good, brother? Yeah, I'm alright, man. I just don't like that shit. Oh man, he said it like a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you, Jasana. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you guys for having me. It's been an honor. All right. Take care. Yeah. Ooh, shit. Well, that was me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, any closing remarks before? No, it's the three of us. Uh, I don't like that shit, man. I don't. <laughs> that shit really bothered me, man. Yeah, man. I, I, you know, it's it's life, man. You know, it hurt, but just keep moving, man. So, you know what I mean? That's all you can do. Um, woo! I didn't know uh how I was gonna take this one today. Like um, it. it's dope to me. You know, uh, she is one of those people where sometimes, you know, when I'm really, really going through it, man, I gotta, you know, I gotta shoot her a message and shit. Like, it's how I'm, you know, it's how I'm feeling, and, and she'll shoot me some little, some shit back, and I'll be like, damn, I didn't even think of it that way. It's a blessing to have that, though. You know what I'm saying? To, to, to have that, to have that gym in your corner, to be able to to make that phone call, and it's not about money when you're making the phone call. It's not somebody yeah. who's like. Oh yeah, well, my hour sessions is, you know. Yeah, it's you know, like I said, it ain't even. Back. We'll have like a, 
I think it was day before yesterday when I, you know, I shot her some shit because I was really going through it. You know, I just shot her like a, a quick message, uh, you know, on socials and, you know, she hit me back with some shit that kind of cut. Like the shit that y'all, uh, you know, that y'all heard today. So I was oh, like, oh, you she know was what? Jabbing. God damn, man. I ain't think of she it that jabbing. way. She was dead. Um, it's important, man. Um, you know, I always had that. You know, we talk about the tribes, man. How those people in your corner, man, that's going to give you the real. Because, um, man, at the end of the day, man, all we trying to do is get better, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so to you, brothers. Yes, uh, this was therapy session uh, number one. Yeah. For sure, man. This shit hard, man. This shit hard. I appreciate hard. it. All right, man. We up out of here, y'all. Peace. Thank you. Peace.